feel like they're fucking singing a duet. It's like fucking Band Aid. <laughs> Do they know it's a bell time at all? I feel like fucking. What's his name? Headley for. Uh, fucking. What's the the group? Spandau Ballet. Him and fucking Simon LeBon. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. That was Paul Young. <laughs> and the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone, it's Derek here from the iReady podcast and with me is my co-host Dave. Derek, first of all, how are you feeling mate? We've been out of action for a while, you've been into hospital, high drama... Just glad that you're back doing this, but how how are you feeling most importantly? Uh, and, and that was just me watching Rangers as well. <laughs> That's not, no medical issues. <laughs> yes, I am very well, thanks Dave. On tablets for the rest of my life. Blood pressure is relatively normal now. I always said my blood pressure would go up when Rangers are about. So Exactly, and no more than what's going on at the moment. If this, uh, if this wasn't going to send you over the edge, I don't know what <laughs> would, everything that's been go- going on, but glad you're back, mate. Glad we're back recording, and an absolutely huge, huge event that we're going to be talking about on the pod today as well as other things. Yes, my hospital stay is the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so... Apologies for not being about for the last wee while. Obviously, I put that tweet out like the day before we were meant to record it. It was the night of, I think, yeah. uh, and I had been not really rushed into hospital, but advised strongly to go to hospital, and it ended up in a five-day stay in HDU. But I'm back on the mend now. We are only doing this podcast, and that'll be the last one for the foreseeable, to be honest, because we've got a lot to cover. We're not going into anything in great depth, simply because I can't even remember it, and I've watched <laughs> some of the games as well. So, and I've never really taken notes. And to be honest with you, Dave, it's been a breath of fresh air actually watching the last few games without having to do any notes as well. So, but did you do notes before, like? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, so we're going to cover the last, I think, 11 games, but we're only going to very, very briefly cover them. As I said, this will be the last podcast for the for the next wee while, because uh, then Dave and I have got holidays, we're away, um, we're not going to get the chance to do it at all, and we've only got a few games left anyway, but obviously the massive, massive one in Seville to talk about as well. Oh, incredible, Derek. I'll let you briefly get into the games that we've missed, and then we will obviously cover this game in depth. Yes, so... We'll go down the tunnel and onto the park. Onto the pitch, even. (laughs) So, obviously, uh, we've got to start off this podcast with, obviously, the talk about the sad, sad news about the passing of Jimmy Bell. An absolute shocker, Dave. Derek, it was it came as a complete surprise. The man is a mainstay in the team, and it, it completely shocked everyone. It shocked the club completely to the core. It shocked the players, the backroom staff. Here is a man who was more highly thought of maybe than any manager. You know, especially when it comes to the players, 
that he's had, you know, that, that they've played for, for, for Rangers in the last 30 years. It's just been really, really tragic for, for, for the club, the, the supporters, the playing staff, the non-playing staff at the club. It's absolutely devastating news. Yeah, I mean, it's another Rangers friend uh, of the family kind of said to, to my dad that it's kind of hit him more or it means more than any player or any other manager passing for some reason for just for that, for the fact that he has been there so long. Yep. He's technically been the most successful person in Ibrox yep. there. He's, I think, 30 trophies or something like that. He's, he's something ridiculous, yes. he's won. Um, I mean, he's, he's as you say, he's a mainstay. Or he, yep. he was a mainstay of, of Ibrox. you always seen him on the, t- on the touchline, you know, with the boards up. Given the fact that he started off as a driver, I think he was a mechanic for Parks as well, and that's how he ended up being... Being the the driver for for Rangers, just you always, you know, I was always remembering who who is that guy when I was younger, and then getting told who he was and what he what he does. On a, si- on, on, on a sideline to that, Derek, I heard a story the other day which I was totally f- flabbergasted by. Uh, it was my uncle that got him the job as the really? Rangers driver. Wow. That's uh, crazy. My uncle was the driver for Rangers before Parks t- took over. He was friends with Jimmy. My uncle was leaving, and he got. Jimmy the job as the driver and he's going to his his funeral so a wee family connection there for me that I knew absolutely nothing about he's told me loads of different stories about him I think Derek is from being a non-coach at the club he's probably had more influence than nearly anyone that's been in that dressing room and how he has connected with players from every background every race, religion, guys have had nothing to do with the club I think that he's had more influence than any of the managers and players that have been there and I think you you speak to guys guys like Majid Bouguera who have no links to the club whatsoever and he quite clearly came out and said it was Jimmy Bell that really drummed into him what it was to play for Rangers this was a kit man Derek yeah I mean, that's incredible. The outpouring of sympathy from ex-players from all over the world has been incredible. There was one from Carlos Bocanegra that I saw last week who had didn't have a lot of playing time with Rangers. Absolutely devastated again, showing you know what Jimmy Bell meant for the club and for the players. A huge loss for us, Derek, it really is. Yeah, I mean, as you said, every single player that walked through the door had something good to say about him. All good stories. The guy epitomised Rangers, even maybe more so than Walter Smith. And to think the fact that we've lost Walter Smith and Jimmy Bell yeah. in the same season is absolutely devastating. Yep. You know, two of the, dare I say it, icons of, of yes. Ibrox, of modern Ibrox, yep. is, is just is devastating. And as you said, he instilled what it meant to be a ranger into every single person that walked through that door, every single player that walked into the dressing room. And it's gotten the fact that he never wrote a book or there was no documentaries or anything like that about him because the stories he could tell would would have oh, been amazing. Un- incredible. And you, you've seen some of the stories that coming out from Ali McCoyst and Jermaine Defoe, you know, Jimmy Bell offered him a, a drink of yeah, his special and bottle t- and he was like, t- no, t- ah, and he, said he had to drink it because yeah. it was Jimmy Bell. Yep. I mean, just... <laughs> I don't know who is going to fill that role now. I mean, you can get anybody to fill a kit man's role, but or a kit woman's role as it is these days. But who's going to fill that role to make players understand what it means to be to play for Rangers? That's again what what, what I've heard, Derek. The the staff that Jimmy worked with were 
completely devastated by this. We only have to hope that they lead by his example or whoever takes over does and they know the hugely important part. I mean, even going back to previous managers, Derek, there's not, you know, he was such a help to them. You know, the managers in the past, Alec McLeish had a glowing report about Jimmy Bell as well, you know, and it goes back. It's, as I say, it's it's a huge, huge loss to the club and to, to the support because we know the influence that he did have in there. And again, the players shown that in that semi-final win against Leipzig. I'm sure the players will be wanting to go out and win this for him as well, Derek. Absolutely. So, moving on now as best we can. Several games here. I'm going to do it slightly out of order because of the way it's, it's happened here. We'll take all the Premiership games first. We've got quite a few of them to cover. As I said, no great depth whatsoever. The first one was Sunday the 3rd of April. It was a 2-1 loss at home to Celtic in the Premiership. And that basically killed our title hopes, didn't it, Dave? Yeah, it did, Derek. With high hopes, great start to the game. I think we all knew how important it was. I think we all had a wee, I, I, I don't know, Derek, maybe slightly a, a wee bit of arrogance. I think we all thought that we were genuinely going to go and win that game because of how important it was. But unfortunately, it didn't turn out like that. And like you said, put a huge dent on any title aspirations at that point, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, we did start off very brightly and Ramsey scored the goal on the third minute and went 1-0 up. So perfect start. Yep. Couldn't ask for any more. And then we sat back, we'd done what we normally done and then they started to come back into it and they got two goals in the first half and really killed the game off from there because the second half we came out, it wasn't bad, it wasn't great from what I remember, pretty lacklustre. They, again, they kind of folded at, at that point around about the 60th minute if I remember um, and that was really the game all over and done with and we're six points behind at that point and we've... Never really recovered until until fortunately last night. Yes, no, it was, uh, you know, and the 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 fact of some key injuries as well, which you know happens in in games. But I think the whole, uh, you know, that was Alfredo Morelos. That 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 was him then out. You know, f- f- from then on, and he was a huge miss for us. But uh, it wasn't to be, Derek, and we were still live, living in hope. But I think we had the. They grip between their teeth after that victory like we would have been also and you know unfortunately it didn't pan out for us no certainly not just a bit of sour note as well some absolute idiot throwing a bottle into the the box of Joe Hart just before the the, the second half kicked off I've no idea what the, that idiot was thinking about it was going to injure our players potentially as well as any Celtic players just an absolute daft wee arsehole basically and I think there was another issue with the the Celtic dugout where one of their um, staff got injured as well and I think somebody was arrested for that just absolutely pointless but you know idiots be idiots sometimes yep. but another story so then into the next game it was Sunday the 10th of April it was a 4-0 win away, away to St Mirren started well early goal again with Kamal Roof scoring on the second minute then we sat back no urgency at all we got a goal at the end of the half as well with Roof scoring his double. We got an earlyish goal on the second half in the second half as well with Roof completing his hat trick on the fiftieth minute, and then Aribo scored on the seventy sixth minute. So a pretty resounding win, never in danger of losing. Just we never had the urgency of the whole game that you would be expecting. But yeah. we'll take it every day of the week, yep. Dave. 
The next game was the first game that I missed, which was Saturday the 23rd of April. It was a 3-1 win away against Motherwell in the Premiership again. Now, I missed that. I started to watch that in hospital, but given the fact that I had blood pressure issues, I thought, no, it's better not to watch that. So, Dave, you could probably tell me more about that game. Derek, I'm honestly trying to remember back to exactly what happened in that match. Obviously, we got the the early goal, which was actually put down as an own goal, but then we, we were cruising. Balogun gets sent off, which was... Quite incredible that he got sent off because I can remember back baffling decision by the referee. Motherwell drew level and we thought, oh, he, here we go, ten men. But to be fair, came out in the second half, straight in the second half. Wright scored an absolute cracker of a goal. He'd been getting a lot of flack, Derek. To, to be fair, for that goal that he scored, I think silence could cook quite a lot of his critics. Really good goal, and then we wrapped up. The game, you know, with 10 men at the end by winning 3-1, which is quite an achievement, let's be honest, away from home against Motherwell, who, you, you know, it's always a difficult game at Fur Park. So I think after we, Balligan got sent off, everybody was expecting us to fold. But to be fair to the, the team, great character, Derek, and, uh, you know, got, got the victory. So that, you know, was, you know, when we look back on it, that was actually a really, really good good performance by the team at that point. Yeah. The, the sending off, I mean, I felt it was a bit harsh as well, but when you look at the letter of the law, yeah, he was maybe correct to get sent off. However, the problem was, there was a Motherwell player about two minutes after that yep. done the exact yep. same challenge. I don't think he even got booked no, for it. No, So it's like the consistency in the, the game last night as well was a, a good case in point. Several challenges, yep. hammer throw challenges, nothing really punished yep. about it. So, um, But yeah, as you said, good character coming back from that one there. Next game it was Sunday the 1st of May. It was a one-each draw away against Celtic in, in the Premiership. So certainly if the, the, the title challenge was over in the, the game we lost against them, it was certainly over in this one because there was no way coming back from that. Then it re- relied on us winning every game, Celtic losing every game as well. And I think you know that was never, ever going to happen. You know We're never going to pull six points back from, from the way we were. So. I think the goal difference as well, Derek, I think we all knew, even if we did manage to pull it back, the goal difference was going to be massive uh, because of the, you know, the, the difference there. Uh, so I, I think we all knew what we were looking for was a performance away at Celtic Park. And I certainly think we got one, Derek, even if the scoreline didn't reflect that. Yeah, I mean, certainly we had early pressure as well. And we played well, and then Celtic, in their typical fashion, managed to score in the 21st minute. But we kept plugging on. We played exceptionally well in the second half, I felt, and we did get a goal back on the 67th minute with Sakala scoring. So, I mean, Celtic apparently shaded the possession, but we certainly had all the shots, um, all the the stats going for us that way. We just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net again. Again, you know, even bringing it back to three points, it was still going to be an uphill struggle. Yes, it was, yep. But it would give us that wee bit of hope. But and put a bit of pressure on them exactly. as well but yeah it wasn't to be no the next game I never seen as well because it was in London it's Sunday the 8th of May it was a 2-0 win at home against Dundee United in the Premiership a good performance from what I hear yeah it was Derek one of these games again I think the pressure was off from that point because we knew that the league was gone it let the, the team go out and it was played like more like a sort of training game but you know, all possession for Rangers completely, completely dominated the play. Dundee United offered absolutely nothing to us. 
and uh, you know we got through great performance you know good victory also at home uh, you, you know to let the fans see it so again ple- pleased with that considering the circumstances that, that the league was was really gone but good character by the team especially with the other competitions that were happening in the background it would have been easy to lose sight of of these games but thankfully they went on and won anyway yes it was a penalty from Tavernier in the 55th minute a stonewaller from yep. what I've heard and uh, Ahmad scored on the 78th minute yep. as well I mean you were talking about possession 73% possession Incredible. for us Dundee United never even had a shot on no. target as well so not the same Dundee United team that played us earlier on in the season where they've taken a few points off us as well so yeah. that's the, the disappointing thing again they really we had nothing to play for ultimately our position was locked in they still had something to play for so yeah. surprising I for think, Dundee United uh, I think the, the thing as well a couple of players that played for Rangers in the game you know the game that we're t- talking about they are desperate to sort of prove that they should be getting a chance, you know, in the UEFA Cup, in, in the Europa League final. The likes of Aaron Ramsey, the likes of Diallo, you know, I thought Ramsey had an excellent game as well. Uh, you know, the, he's, he's set up for the penalty, it was absolutely incredible, that sort of wee dinked the ball into the box. He looked lively, just a pity that his, his, his injuries have been so bad for us that he's not been able to play a bigger part but he'll certainly be one that's looking to get into the team for the final Derek yep and the final game of the Premiership run was last night it was a 4-1 win at home against Ross County for the last home game of the season so good win it was really a training game all yep. night Wright scored in the 13th minute Tavernier penalty on the 29th another Stonewaller Sakala on the 82nd and Ahmad on the 90th so it was a good run out all round some good play from a lot of players a few interesting selections as well with uh, Lowry starting which we yeah. Who ran the show? He was excellent, Derek. He was by far the best player on the pitch. Everything went through him in an attacking sense. What I love about the boy, Derek, just watching him, is he just does not get flustered, and his ability to pick out the un, you know, the impossible forward pass is unbelievable. This lad is going to be a star for us if if Rangers do the right thing by him. Not too too much pressure to start off that we're doing. He's, he's going to be an absolute top star and he's signed a new contract as well, Derek, which is excellent because there was a lot of interest from d- down south with the boy. Top, top player and, you know, great from... You know, I, I don't think there's been a time that he's played for Rangers in the first team that he hasn't looked a standout for us, Derek. It just the ability that he's got, you know, absolute fantastic player and great for the future. Yep, absolutely. And what was interesting as well is is we were trying different things as well. Just the out of the ordinary passes we were, you know, not playing their basic passes. And maybe that was because the pressure was off. Yes. We knew the league was yep. the league was gone. So, you know, it was good to see and, and I loved to see that type of play. Just trying stuff. Don't get pigeonholed in the, the same boxes we've been getting and, pigeonholed in the whole season. And maybe I know hindsight, Derek, but Maybe Lowry should should have been given a chance in some of the other games that we were struggling, you know, eh, to 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 get the winner. Get games that were really struggling. He was maybe the guy that we were needing in, just in front of the the midfield, just to you know pick apart the opposition defences. But again, I say it's it's done now, eh, and I'm sure he'll be playing a much bigger part in the future definitely absolutely so Dave I mean that's we've got one premiership game to go Celtic clinched the title last night uh, with a one each draw um, uh, away against Dundee United I mean 
more teams have won titles at Dundee United's ground than they have done. So. <laughs> I know, uh, Derek. It's disappointing. We we we, we can't t- t- turn around to say it's not disappointing, but the fact that we've got this hugely historic game for the fans in the club coming up, it has softened the blow majorly for us because I think every single fan Rangers fan in the world if you were to say to them Celtic are going to win the title but we're going to be in the final of the Europa League with a let's be honest we've got as good a chance to win it as you know Eintracht Frankfurt have you know it's spoilers (laughs) we uh, you know to have that opportunity we would have grabbed it with both hands and I don't care what anybody says to be in this position we would have grabbed it so again you know hats off to Celtic they have been the consistent team ever since you know the start of the season they've they've went on you know this huge run of winning all, all their games we have blown leads time and time again that's been down to us uh, you know and of course the, 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 the big games against Celtic that we should have won then you know we've we, we've been un, unable to. I think we've lost the same amount of games as what they have, mm-hmm. but it's been down to these stupid draws that we've had and losing goals in the last minute. You know, games against Ross County, surrendering two two goals to Motherwell at home. It's been games like that that ultimately have lost us the league title. But as I'm sure you're about to get into with the other games, Derek. In my opinion, we have got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, technically, yes. I mean, that's what's so frustrating about it, is it's our own downfall. As you said, the Ross County, the yep. Motherwell, the Hearts, you know, dropping silly points like that in from leading positions is, is criminal. Yep. We could be actually two, three points clear yes. just now, yep. going into the last game. Yep. That is what's criminal about it. Celtic, as you said, give them credit for their consistency. Yeah, but it's yeah, us it's, yeah. who's chucked this away yeah. by silly last-minute goals. Yeah. I mean, that Ross County game, when the 3 each game, that was the big kicker for me. That's when I knew we were never winning this league. And dare I say it, Dave, because he's been an absolute immense servant, he's still got a job to do. Alan McGregor shipped a hell of a lot of goals this year. And yes, he's saved a hell of a lot as well, but that's what you pay a keeper to do. The amount of goals he's shipped this year... Is, is, is criminal and I don't want to blame him it's a collective obviously it is, yeah. and it's the same with the whole Goldson thing last night with him looking you know to the stand afterwards and clapping he was the last one off the, the off the park he looks as if he's going to go because he's not signing another contract I think people have got to realise with things like that is yes McGregor and Goldson they are right as a case in point fantastic servants what they've done They've been immense at some points, but when this season you've been part of a defence that's ultimately the defence is the reason why it's cost us the league, it's a case of saying, thanks for your service, we need changes now. I think as well, Derek, if if, if you look at the defence this season, and a guy who I'm going to heap so much praise on as well, Calvin Bassey. Calvin Mm. Bassey's a left-back who has been put in its centre half for nearly the you know the whole of this half of the season and he's been immense. But this is a guy who's had to come in and I'm not gonna put as much flack on Goldson. You're playing with so many different defensive partners. He's had Hillander, he's had Balligan, uh, he's had Leon King for a few games, he's had Bassey there as well. It, it will be difficult. I like Goldson, I think he's you know, all defenders throughout 
<laughs> watching Rangers. I can remember guys like T- Terry Butcher, who was you know regarded at one point as one of the best defenders in in Europe when he was pl- playing for Rangers, having loads of shot shocking games. You know, you know, you know a guy with the 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 international experience that he had. Same with guys like Lorenzo Amoruso, even Richard Goff, guys d- d- defensive blunders. Th- these things happen, but I think over over the piece, Goldson's been an absolutely fantastic player for us. So I can't, I'm not gonna put too, too much on him. The same with Alan McGregor, Derek. He's getting older, we keep saying that, but in my opinion, still by far the best option that, that we've got. And I do like McLaughlin, but I wouldn't have any hesitations put, putting McLaughlin in, but I think for, for the big games, I would always go with, with, with McGregor. But the, the, there has been a lot. The, 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 the last season, we seem to have had a sort of more stable defensive back four. This year there's been a lot of changes. Barisic c- c- coming in and out like I said for Bassi. Bassi go- going to centre half left back. I now I don't know which Bassi's best position. Mm. I would have said a month ago he's by far he's a, he's a better left back. But he's been absolutely immense <laughs> in the big games at centre half as well. So I, I honestly don't know. I, I think the laddie's absolutely fantastic but as I say, well, I'm waffling on Derek. My my fault. I know we're wanting to try and stop, <laughs> st- st- stop all this, but you know I like to talk about Rangers and players. And yes, yeah. I mean that's why I, I don't want to criticise players in the team this year because of they're on the brink of becoming legends. Yes, and you know every single one of their names will be up in that Hall yep. of Fame board if they pull out the the incredible. So. I don't want to criticise them. I just that's what's the frustrating thing about this team. The the ability is there. It's the the fact that they've on occasion slipped up. They've let their concentration go, and it's really what's cost us the league. But as you said, bigger fish to fry. Yes. Before we get into that run, though, we'll go into the game on Sunday, the seventeenth of April. It was a Scottish Cup semi final where we won two one in the extra time against Celtic. There's no wonder I went into hospital no longer after that game, was it? You know. However, uh, the game itself, the, the first half, a bit of a headless chicken game. Both teams running about really lacked a bit of quality. That said, we probably shaded it having yes. a wee bit more possession, creating more of the chances. They There were half chances as that, apart from really one of them. The passing had been suspect at times, dallying about in defence at times, although Celtic had been quick on us. Neither keeper had anything of consequence to deal with in the first half. Best chance came for us on the, for really for either team, on the 40th minute with Lundstrom having a stunning curling shot from 25 yards, cannoned back off the left upright. Not long beforehand, he had a superb challenge on Callum McGregor where he cleanly won the ball and put McGregor up in his arse. That was like a, a, a challenge of, <laughs> of epic proportions. And do you know something? Give McGregor all credit for that as well because if he he could have just rolled about there yes. acting out he just got straight up and went straight back looking for the ball so credit for him there but it was an epic challenge yep definitely so really a little bit more dig and a little bit more clinical finishing might have uh, got us somewhere in the second half however in typical fashion on the 64th minute Celtic went 1-0 up with Taylor scoring so we kind of felt at that point where's the goal going to come from but up steps Scott Arfield on the 78th minute and blast it into the net brilliant great goal Derek and a great time and something as well that I think needs to be said praise for for our manager who you know 
it, it took him a wee while, but his ability to be able to change a game when it's not going well for us, I think is fantastic. It's what we have been missing, certainly in, in, in big games. He's proved it time and time again. You know, we've looked to the bench and thought, oh, we've not got a lot of key creativity there. But just his ability to maybe change one player from one side to the other. And in this case, it was, you know, uh, Sakala getting moved on to the, the, the opposite wing, bringing, you know, Scott Arfield in there slightly f- further forward. We all know what Arfield can do. We subtle changes like that to, to give us another chance, as you say. Great goal for Arfield. Delighted for him as well. We saw how much it meant to him to score that goal for Equaliser. And after that, Derek, there was only going to be one winner. Mm-hmm. That There really was, because we were so on top at that point that we knew we were going to get the winner. I just I had a great feeling at that point. Yeah, I mean, we struggled to... To, to create much after that we were all kind of the, the completely dominant team you know for the rest of the, the 90 minutes then we went into this the extra time again completely dominant team for the first you know maybe half of the, the first half Celtic made a couple of changes then they started to come on top and then into extra time on the 114th minute it's been put down as an OG but Sakala might have scored it yeah. as well we scored and made it 2-1 and that's how the game ended up just absolutely brilliant delighted to, to beat them in the semi-finals yes. Stop them getting the, the treble that yep. they were after as well and you know us into the final against Hearts Great, yep, and a, a fantastic occasion as well, Derek, for, for for all the fans to go. We've not been in a Scottish Cup final for you know quite quite a number of years now. It's going to be a huge occasion, as you say. We're playing Hearts. Uh, we've got a great record against Hearts, uh, so you know here's hoping that that continues. You'll be put a bit of silverware in the in the trophy cabinet. But again, compared to what we're about to be playing <laughs> before that. You know, we'd love to win it, but, you know, as I'm sure you're going to get into, we have, you know, quite a prize to, to play for, don't we? Yes, absolutely. So, there was a wee bit of fallout from that game as well, just with the usual Celtic fans claiming, oh, the referee cheated us, blah, blah, what a load of bullshit. And to be to be, give them credits, uh, Super Scoreboard and Hugh Keevans completely rubbished all their claims you know, about red cards and uh, all that kind of shit. That's to be ex- expected, though, because you know how uh, Hugh, Hugh Keevans is such an avid blue-nosed Derek. So. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, I thought Madden actually had a, a fairly good game. He lit heavy challenges yes. go for both teams. And I think we've got ourselves kind of indoctored into this because you, the referees are so inconsistent and you get fouls for the least wee niggly thing these days that everything's got to be a foul. I prefer my referees to let bad challenges go for both teams. It's going back to the way it should be, but that's the problem. Yeah. Referees, you know, you give them automation to to allow them yeah. to do what they want so, in terms so, of that. So inconsistent, Derek. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, there was obviously issues with that absolute no-mark Gianni Capaldi as well, where they had to basically delete his Twitter after some remarks, so that was quite funny as well. But that was um, another story for another day as well. So, getting into the proper meeting two of edge this, <laughs> the European run, Dave. It's been immense. It's been a few lows, but not too many because we've always came back in the second leg and absolutely dominated. So, Dave, we've got to start off with Thursday the 7th of April. It was a 1-0 loss away to Braga in the quarter-final of the first leg. So, Dave, it really wasn't a great performance at all, was it? No, and... I think, Derek, to be honest with you, that at that point gave me a wee bit of hope because I knew that 
we would play much better in the next game because, as you say, we we, we offered very, very little in, in that game. I'll let you briefly get into it. There's no that much to talk about because we didn't hardly create anything in the whole match, but uh, it gave me a, a, a bit of hope for, for the second game because I knew that Braga probably were, were at their best and you know for that score for us not to turn up that night still going to give us hope for the second leg yeah really the first half a bit of a nothing game for the first 24 minutes that said we were holding our own we were not retaining possession well enough though um, but when we did we had some nice play going forward before we lost it McGregor had absolutely nothing to do and arguably we had the best chance up until that point then really from 24 minutes onwards, Braga upped their game and they were largely you know, in control and we went to pieces the rest of the half and they got their goal of the game on the 40th minute with a defensive shambles. Braga on the right, a duffed initial, initial cross, hits off our defender, our other defender sticks out a leg on the turn and doesn't get to it, falls to the Braga attacker just into the box and has a shot past the dive from McGregor. Just a calamity in defence again. Yeah, it was Derek in a bad time for them to score as well. But again, a, a wee bit of hope for us going into the second half because we knew we'd done very little that surely we could fashion some sort of chance as we had done previously in European games. Yeah. Second half, though, a dire performance. On the plus side, we kept the game at yes. 1-0. That was the only kind of saving grace you could take from the performance. First 10 of the second half were completely pegged back. We were just passing side to side, back, side to side, back. They were chasing everything, granted. We just looked absolutely amateur. And that was really how it was for, the, for most of the half, to yep. be honest. Uh, as I said, we kept it at 1-0 and that was always always a good thing. Yes, definitely. Yep. However, it set it up really nicely for the second leg, which was on Thursday the 14th of April and we won 3-1 after extra time. So we went through 3-2 on aggregate. So Dave, all I've put here in the first half is, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what a half, and in typical fashion, I missed the first nine minutes due to no streams. Absolutely mind-blowing stuff from the team. The passing, the pressing, the touches, the crossing have all been sublime. We left Braga in no doubt that they were facing an uphill struggle. Yes. First of all, Derek, in, in, in that game, the noise from the home fans, you know, absolutely, absolutely incredible. The this over the past few seasons, we've we've been excellent in Europe, but Ibrox really is a fortress now, Derek. Uh, for so long in in Europe, and I'm I'm going back through some disastrous performances. Ibrox hasn't been anything like it has been over the past few seasons, and none more than this season. It really has. Uh, you, you, you know, you hate that uh, old saying of the the twelfth man being the crowd. Well, I think Ibrox has maybe been the thirteenth or fourteenth <laughs> man. Let's be honest. The supporters have done the team proud at home. They, they really have the noise. It's been ge- generated the buzz. It's just been absolutely sensational. Yep. So. We needed an early goal and we certainly got one because Tavernier scored on the second minute. Dave, I've still not even seen it back. (laughs) (laughs) It was an excellent goal, Derek. He had absolutely no no right scoring from that angle. But as we've seen for Tav so many times, getting forward, getting into the back post, that is his area. And it wasn't a simple tap in, Derek. The, The position, the tight angle that he had, the way that his body was when the ball came to him, 
he had no right to, to be able to swivel and shoot like that with such accuracy. An absolutely tremendous goal and a fantastic time to get the goal on as well. Yep. Roof had the ball in the back of the net to make it 2-0 in the fifth minute or so we thought. Went to a VAR check and it was ruled out as the ball hit the arm of Barisic just before it crossed. Very, very harsh, I yep, felt. Really as, harsh, yep. you know, uh, Where's he meant to put his arm? Because his exactly. arm was actually down by his it side was, at that yep, point. It wasn't in an un- un- unnatural position, Derek, but... Again, the good and the bad of VAR. Yep. I picked it up after that, so that's what I meant about missing the first nine minutes as well. I missed bloody everything there. Uh, I picked it up after that. We were absolutely relentless. The crossing caused absolutely mayhem. The passing was sublime. We didn't give Braga a sniff. The only disappointing thing is we were not getting anything yes. else on target. We thought we had restored, restored the 2-0 advantage on the 32nd minute where I was a corner from the right. It was flicked into the back post by the head of Aribo and Roof with an open goal flicks on to the bar and cleared it for another corner really unlucky that there we did actually go 2-0 on the 44th minute however when those immortal words were said penalty to Rangers clear cut penalty as well if I can remember right up steps your man at Tavernier just before half time to score the penalty on the 44th minute so absolutely delighted with that Dave yeah tremendous Derek that was us back in front we had control of the tie again which is exactly what we were looking for, a tremendous performance in the first half, like you said, and we were hoping to capitalise in the second half to put the tie beyond doubt. Yeah. So into the second half, certainly still all to play for. We needed to keep it tight, and I think we did for pretty much most yep. of the game, didn't we? We were certainly the, the better yes. team, and we did actually score a goal on the 70th minute. However, it was ruled out by VAR. Roof had the ball in the back of the net, and it was ruled offside. The ball was knocked up to a rebo, a lovely flick to Roof, who runs with the ball, lobs the keeper, and into the back of the net. Straight away, VAR checked and ruled offside. Unfortunately, it was the correct decision on that case. Yeah. However, in typical fashion, we made a couple of substitutions on the 8th, 80th minute. Ramsey and Jackoff, Wright and Kamara on. Braga's first corner of the game on the 82nd minute and they bloody well scored yes. for it. Uh, it was a corner in from the right, a free header into the back of the net. Goldson's man, McGregor, sticking to his line as well. Absolutely horrendous defending. It was, Derek. Very poor and at that stage it gave Braga a lifeline most teams, I think, would possibly have became stronger and possibly have, have, have went on to try and nick it at that point. But again, going back to the crowd, Derek, going back to the stadium, the noise, I don't think the punters inside Ibrox were going to allow that to happen. And certainly, credit where credit's due again, they really did raise the roof to give the team that we sort of kick up the arse that they were maybe needing because we certainly deserve to be going through at that stage Derek yes funny you said those words raised the roof because it was Roof who scored an extra time to make it 3-1 on the 101st minute it's a lovely move down the right Kamara at the touchline cuts it back a reverse ball to Rebo who cuts it back into the middle of the net for the tap-in so absolutely brilliant there in complete control at that point meant to say earlier the actual penalty in the first half where Tavenier scored it was a red card to the defender as well yep. because he prevented he, he basically never attempted to go for the ball it was a clear take out of the man madness from the player there if it wasn't any more madness there however a couple of minutes later on the 105th minute just before the, the second half of extra time there was a red card for Robin sorry Mentirios <laughs> because he fouled Balogun he got booked for it and he was right in the face of the referee and he was given a second yellow card. Absolute madness. I mean, all their team had to do is score another goal and it was going into penalties 
or they were certainly back yeah. in it as well. He just completely fucked it for the team there to put them down to nine men. So craziness there from the Braga player, but absolutely delighted for us. Definitely, Derek. Yep, absolutely fantastic. And as you say, we were able to see out the rest of the match. Yes. A- after that, I think we an, an air of relaxation. I think about the players. Braga knew that they were out because of that as well. So. Uh, as you're about to get into uh, uh, we were able to see the game out after that yeah I just the one last thing I want to talk about is Scott Van Vossen sorry Scott <laughs> Arfield <laughs> oh uh, Dave I can't believe he missed us it, it was a shocking miss it was a shocking miss Derek but as we spoke about a short t- time ago he made up for it in the, se- <laughs> in the, in the semi-final by scoring against Celtic uh, it really was a glaring miss at that point, wasn't oh. it? Thankfully, it wasn't uh, anything that was going to be that, that was going to determine the game. But he will look back on that and he'll be saying to himself, "How the hell did I miss that one?" He out Van Vossen, Van Vossen. <laughs> yes, but absolutely delighted oh, with that result incredible. into the semi final. Yep. And you know, at this point, you're thinking quarter finals was amazing. Oh. Semi finals, is this really going to happen here? Derek, it's one of these things that uh, that, that you're saying we can't look too too far forward. We were going to be playing against another German giant, a team that dwarfs us financially. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough one, and we basically just had to go out. I think the team just to to to, to give give their all and try and try and get through to the final. As you're about to get into the first leg. Wasn't too bad, and then obviously we all know what happened in the second game. But I'll let you get into it. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't have any notes for this year, but I felt we completely held our own in the yes, game. Yep. You know, certainly Leipzig were were the better team, seventy one percent possession. They had ten shots, we had seven. They had four on target, we only had one. But I felt we held our own. Definitely. We, we, the, the game plan was to stifle them and yep. bear in mind we didn't have a recognised striker Morelos uh, was was out Roof was out as well we were playing with Wright and Kent up front yeah. effectively so not really a recognised striker there and the game plan was always a case of trying to stifle them yep. do exactly what we'd done against Braga to, to an extent but this time it was planned to do that and We'd done it perfectly up until the 85th minute when another defensive blunder just allowed them to walk through and score the goal. So I was really disappointed to, to let that goal in in, the, in the, the late stages of the game. However, like we found out against Braga, it wasn't all that doom and gloom. No. You know, certainly we'll take that every day of the week. And I think a lot of people were saying that before the game. Had we said we'd get get out of out of Leipzig with a 1-0 loss, everybody would have been biting yeah. your hand off for that, especially considering, as you said, there's, there's a team worth... Three four hundred million. Yes. We're worth thirteen million. Exactly. So, absolutely delighted with that. That was on Thursday, the twenty eighth of April, and that was the first leg. However, into the next leg, all to play for. Thursday, the fifth of May, we ended up winning three one on the night, three two on aggregate in the second leg of the semi final, and that got us into the final. Dave, In- incre- what, what can you say? Just incredible, Derek. Incredible. Team were tremendous from start. To finish in the game, even in the period that you'll get into that Leipzig scored, I thought we were excellent throughout the whole match. The crowd again, absolutely incredible, and you know it's it's just that the achievement of us, you know, of of, of winning that game against RB Leipzig. There, there, there's nobody out there with a fancy Rangers to to win this game. Especially being one down, but for us to win in 90 minutes, enough to take us through to the final, 
and not be clinging on, you know, desperately to a, a one nil or you know, as we've done time and time again before in, in, in years gone past, to actually go out there and dominate the game and deserve to win that is just it shows you just how how well we've done in Europe and how much an achievement that is. It was just fantastic. I mean it's a belief in the team. They they seem to have this not arrogance, but this swagger, this confidence yes. about them going into games in Europe. And, you know, 2008 was amazing. Let's be honest, nobody ever thought, given the way Europe's set up now, yep. nobody ever thought we would be in a European final. And 2008, just to get there, was incredible. It was. Could, could you imagine your blood pressure 2008, <laughs> Derek, compared to now? Exactly. I mean, 2008 was backs to the wall. It was. It was very tactical, it was defensive you know, if you want to call it anti-football then fine, call it anti-football but we were a team of effectively largely Scottish players playing up against bigger teams more expensive, more experienced European quality sides whereas this time, we've probably came up against much harder opposition teams that are worth a hell of a lot more than they were then and we've dominated games. Completely, yes. Dominated games. And deserved to win games, Derek. Not nicked a goal here and there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely dominated them with shots, with possession, with, you know, ev- everything. It is completely different. You, you you hit the nail right in the head there. It was... The, the, the run to the final in 2008 was completely backs to the wall stuff. It really was. The the semi-final, two nil n- 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 draws and winning on penalties. That's never know, going to be a classic match. <laughs> <laughs> no, defending for our lives, playing, you know, four very defensive players at the back, not any attacking full-backs, you know, two defensive midfielders sitting in front of them, one striker and one out outlet, you know, and basically just trying to out-muscle the other teams. This is cut, cut completely different, Derek. We have got goals all over the field at this m- moment in time. And, Derek, we've got to say it, we've given the man stick for so, so, so many years. I told Craig McCrimmon <laughs> that we would b- b- bring this up. How good has Tav been? Oh, this second part of the season. He's been absolutely sensational. Sensational. I mean, he's been great all season. These European runs that we've had, Tav has stepped up so much. He's He's been absolutely... He's, he's been our talisman. I would have said Morelos was our talisman. But James Tavenier definitely is. James Tavenier is our star player. I don't care what, any, what, what anyone says. He's the one that, that we're looking to. And he has grown into that captain's thing. I'm, I'm taking back everything I've said about him completely. Dave, I think it's you that needs a stint in Monklands after that. <laughs> You're feeling all right. The, uh, he's been absolutely sensational, Derek. He's led us on. He has been... The, the, I mean, top goal scorer in the Europa League for right back, That's Derek. Mental, is isn't it? absolutely incredible. But his ability to be able to sniff out that chance... You know, any time we've got a break down the left, Tav's beating the striker to get into the back post. I mean, you just don't see that anywhere. He's been sensational. He's, uh, you know, and I, th- I still think, I believe he's still got a huge part to play in this touchwood. It's, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to jinx us. He, he's been outstanding. So has the likes, uh, you know, John Lundstrom and, uh, as well, who's ever since the, the defeat to Celtic when he came on in the second half, we thought he was out in his ear, Derek, let's be honest. 
Van Bronckhurst brought him in for the second half. He came on against Celtic, even though we're getting beat 3-0. He was outstanding, and he's been tremendous ever since. Again, I spoke about K- K- yeah, Calvin Bass as well. He's been brilliant. It's been a great... Without Alfredo Morelos in the team, Derek, we would never have thought we would have got this far. We would never have thought we would have scored the amount of goals to get us to a final. And to be fair to, Van, to, to Giovanni, he... His ability to be able to change a game, like I said, for us to score vital goals has been excellent as well. And he, here we are. We'd have never have dreamt a million years we would have got to the final this season. And he, here we are, Derek. It's consuming us all, isn't it? It's completely consumed me. It's all I'm thinking about. And I'm sure every Rangers fan out there as well. The, the, the sense of achievement this far is incredible. And we still have... A great opportunity, Derek, as you say, for this team to become legends. Just getting uh, covering the game briefly. I mean, we were immense the whole game, yeah. bar that twenty-minute period where Leipzig started to come back. You know, you're talking about Tavernier. He scored the opening goal in the eighteenth minute, where he just snuck up the the right side in into the back as post. As so so often, Derek. And it's just ph- phenomenal. It was a great cross, great finish, Kamara. Scored in the 24th minute as well with an utter peach of a goal. It was so cool. It was so calm. He just casually rolled the ball in a curve right into the the, the far post. The accuracy was unbelievable. Incredible. Aribo were nearly stringing him up uh, after Leipzig scored (laughs) because he had a great chance to have volley into the back of the net to make it 3-0. You never know how games would pan out if he had scored that, so you don't know. But, you know, and then obviously Leipzig came back into it in the second half for about 20 minutes. You've seen it coming because they made a couple of changes. We were on the back foot for a good 20-minute spell. They scored in the 70th minute. And then we regained our composure. We made a couple of changes, I think, and then Lundstrom scores the winner on the the the, the winner on the aggregate anyway on the eightieth minute. It just had to fall for him. It was a great finish. It came all came for a set piece as well. Absolutely incredible, Dave. You mentioned them. I've always always said, and you, if anybody doubts me, you can go back and listen to the podcast. But I've always said. He wasn't as bad as people were making out. I felt he was scapegoated. He got a massive reputation that one season for Sheffield United and he was a mainstay in my yep. fantasy football team <laughs> for a reason, yep. you know, because he was immense. This is what we're seeing from him now. He's, he, he's been absolutely incredible if, this season, the, the second half of the season anyway. If ever there's been a, t- a turnaround or a player, it's been that. And I'd, as I say, I pinpointed it to that. Second half against Celtic when he came on at half time, we were getting hammered at half time 3 0, and he basically came on the second half at Parkhead and ran the show. Now, I know that, that, that Celtic were winning 3 0 at the time, but he did. He ran the show, and he's been in the team ever since then, Derek, and quite rightly so, and got better and better and better. He just seems so assured, doesn't he? And he's a colossus of a guy. This is the type of guy that you want, and I mean, any wee midfielders in the opposition team your wee fancy you know b- ball playing midfielder they see John Lundstrom you know racing towards you you know <laughs> 30 mi- mile an hour or whatever the size of him there's only ever going to be what, what, one winning a tackle but he's not just a hard man Derek he's not he's a fantastic player Is and his ability to remain calm on the ball he rarely wastes any passes that he puts on and of course, he scored some vital goals for us as well. No more so than the goal in Dortmund and then, mm-hmm. of course, that one as well. So, you know, a mainstay in the team, he definitely has to play in the final 100% and fair play to him for getting over his troubles, Derek, and yeah. 
coming back into the team. I mean, what typifies and highlights his attitude is when Bassey had filled somebody in the Old Firm game and the Celtic player was on the deck, Bassey went over to make to sure, make sure he was fine and you seen Lundstrom saying, <laughs> you fucking get your ass back in your position, don't do that. And, and he was... shat himself and thought, oh my God, I better go. And exactly. he moved straight away. No, he's he's the type of guy that you need in the middle of the park, Derek, because his influence, his attitude has been, you know, fantastic. It's uh, you know, There's loads of players that we can talk about. We spoke about Tav and we spoke about him. I think those are the two main players I think that really have stepped up for us, especially in Europe. I mean, that, to, to round off the game, just, you know, everybody who was at the game saying that's the, the, the most amazing Ibrox they've ever been yep. to. The noise that everybody was singing. I mean, obviously, minute silence for uh, Jimmy Bell, the... The, the, there was applause as well as a wee tribute to him before the game. The stadium DJ put turned all the music off twenty minutes before the game. The and everybody was just singing the noise constantly. You've had the the Leipzig management and players come out and say that was absolutely amazing atmosphere. Um, you know everything. There's been a video of somebody taken on the night of full time whistle, and it must have been taken for a mile, mile and a half away from the stadium, and you could hear the roar and the singing yeah. so clearly. It was that loud. Absolutely unbelievable, and see that the five-minute video that BT had at the end of the game, yeah. where Rory Hamilton, what an incredible speech yes. he gave there! I've watched that maybe about twenty, thirty yeah. times. It gives me goosebumps every yep. time. Absolutely amazing, Dave. And I mean, I was in the pub watching it. I wasn't drinking because I was driving that night, and I was just standing there in absolute disbelief. I was welling up, uh, and then it just euphoria overcame yeah, me it, it was, was just so lightheaded, and my blood pressure had then settled back down again and it was amazing Dave Derek I think you could see also the fans you know when we're talking about G- Jimmy Bell there what it meant to the players for him as well you know every one of them the, the, the goals they scored you could see what, what it meant to them you know they're k- k- kissing the black armbands they knew that this Victory was for him. Mm-hmm. It, it really was. It, it showed you how, how how much that he played a huge part in the lives of all, all these players, uh, and you know, just great. As, as, as you say, the scenes at the end quite sensational. And again, I've got to take take my hats off to the the lucky supporters that were in the stadium that night. They, everybody played played their part there, Derek. What an occasion! What a result! And what an event we've got to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean. What touch on one thing, Dave, about the team, and then we'll, we'll we'll move on here. But ever since Morelos has went out the team, we've always been panicking. And yes, we've had Roof in there for a few games as well. However, I've kind of felt that last season when Morelos was not doing his usual role, being a you know out and out goal scorer, he wasn't scoring as many, but the whole team was scoring a lot yeah. more. Where we struggled this season when we weren't scoring goals is he's reverted back to his usual role as out-and-out goal scorer. He's not been getting you know, the, as many goals as he should and the rest of the team haven't been doing it because they're playing a way to service Morelis. Now that he's not in the team, we've changed the system about and we're scoring more freely. How dare you, Derek? <laughs> How dare you say that about Alfredo? But I just think sometimes that last season was amazing. We scored a hell of a lot of goals from all over the park because Morelos had dropped back. He was being more of a creator rather than an out-and-out goal scorer. This season we've relied on him far too much and 
when he doesn't score, nobody else was really scoring because the system was set up for, for Morelos. And then when Morelos wasn't playing, we never changed the system. We just played that, you know, we played a one-up front. I think, even although, again, I have given this man a lot of stick and I'm still not a hundred percent. You you, Dave, you, you know Dave, you know what I'm going to talk on. about. I'm still not a hundred percent convinced by him, even although I'm desperate for him to be fit for the final. Derek Morelos had Roof alongside him nearly the whole of last season, and to be fair, to Roof last season he scored a lot of goals that Morelos didn't take. Roof has been out injured a lot this season. He's missed a huge amount of games for us when Alfredo was playing, so I think maybe Alfredo knew this season that he was the only one that was going to be scoring any goals that that, that, that were coming in there, so I'm not going to put on as much there, but I do understand what, what, what you're saying now, with the lack of Morelos be, being in the team because of his injury, the rest of the team are maybe saying to themselves, right, we need to create different opportunities to score and we have been doing it thankfully but I'm going to retract slightly and say I really hope that Ruth does play because <laughs> we do need as many goal threats as possible for this final uh, and although Sakala's been been doing great he's very hit, hit or miss Derek whereas I think that Ruth is the more accomplished striker out, out of the two of them so mm. but if I had my choice obviously I would have Alfredo yeah. 100% fit playing but it's not going to happen so Dave, the final on the 18th of May, six days away, it's going to be a momentous occasion. Oh. I think we go into this game, you know, we've got to be respectful of Frankfurt for the fact that they, you know, they've put out West Ham, put yep. out Barcelona, yep. they're sitting, you know, I think 8th or ninth yes. in the league just now, so yep. certainly league-wise, they are, if you take it on that form, they are the worst of the German teams we've seen this that we've played this year. We can't take that as a, as gospel though. They are going to be dangerous. We've got to give them respect. Yeah. But they've got to respect us as well. We've put out some scalps as well. We go into this game full of confidence. Given, you know, everything that's that's happened, maybe we've sacrificed the league partly for this, given our form. I don't know, but I've I, I'm full of confidence that if we play the way we've been playing Granted, it's a one-off game. We've we can go out and win this. Derek, they're actually sitting twelfth of twelfth in their league at the moment, right? They have got forty-one points from thirty-three games, and they've got a minus four goal difference. I hope the opposite from you. I hope that Eintracht Frankfurt do take us for granted, and think that because we're a Scottish team, regardless the size of the club, that they're going to be able to just t- t- turn up and roll us over. Because if that is the case, then I think that we that, that, that we will w- w- win the game. If that is the case, if they get, if if they come out thinking they're just going to have to turn up, that is what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that wee bit of arrogance that they think because that we are playing in Scotland, as the vast majority of of, of Europe think that it's going to be an easy game for them and we come out and absolutely shock them because we do have the ability to do it, Derek. It's going to be basically who who turns up on the day, isn't it? But let's be honest, we have got an incredible chance to win a major European trophy here, Derek. So as long as the players have got that instilled into their minds and they go out as professionally as possible, you know, bring bring it on, Derek. Bring it on. 
Now, Dave, you're going to be in Scotland for it, but I am going to be abroad for it, so I will be watching that in Tenerife. Probably Taylor's will be watching that one there, so, you know, I'll be the one with the Rangers top on. <laughs> Derek, I am, and I'm glad that you've brought this up, because the, the only the only sour point for me, or slightly sour point, has been lack of communication from the club for us poor fans that can't travel to Seville now, I'm sure you're going to get into the planes, trains and automobiles side of the tens and tens of thousands of fans making that incredible trip to Seville, so much so that we have now taken over Seville from <laughs> the ones across the city, which is just absolutely beautiful. I feel that, the, you know, because a lot of situations in Scotland, unfortunately, a lot of people like myself can't travel to Seville, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of options at this present moment, Derek, for, for us to perhaps meet as a fan base to, to watch the game uh, I've been in contact with the, the, the club slightly who didn't give me a great response to my question about it thankfully, I mean I, I, I put it out on Twitter, not as a malicious tweet Derek, I've got to say that but just disappointed that the response I got was no great not not worded v- v- very well uh, but I since have had a, another uh, message from the fans liaison officer basically saying that they're hoping to have more clarification uh, and due to the huge demand for fans going to Seville, it's been difficult to get through it all. So we just have to wait and see what happens here, Derek. I hope there's something for the fans here. But going for the fans going to Seville, this is a m- monumentous occasion for them. I'm delighted for everybody that's got tickets. There's been a hell of a lot of people that have been bitterly disappointed because they've just been under the Myers points and not been able to get tickets. Absolutely devastated. But the tens of thousands of people that are going to be travelling there, some of the stories that we've heard, some of the routes that people are taking are incredible. I mean, there's some people going to three different continents, Derek, just to get to Seville is incredible. Uh, I'm sure everybody has got their stories on how how they got there. I just want everybody to go and have an absolute ball of a time. Uh, enjoy the moment, treat it like a party atmosphere from start to finish, and uh, I'm jealous that I'm not getting to go. Derek? Yeah, and enjoy the win, hopefully. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, I think there's... The, the tweet you put out, as you said, wasn't malicious. No, and no, it wasn't lo- meant to be at all. A lot of people, I think, have taken this as uh, a bit of bait to, to beat the board with, to be honest, a stick to beat the board with. As you said, the communication needs to be a wee bit better. Yes. All they had to do is say, look, we're looking into options, we'll get back to you as yes. soon as we can. That's all it would have taken, Derek. But I think people are maybe not understanding that this really is largely out of the club's control. So take, you know, opening up Ibrox for a beanbag. You know, you need to ultimately get liaise with the police and Glasgow City Council with this. If one of them says, no, it's not happening, well, the Rangers can't do anything. You know, try to get something like Bella Houston Park or, or a fan zone type thing there. But, you know, again, same police and uh, Glasgow City Council. And you know the Glasgow City Council are our friends, aren't they? Not. Um, it's the same with out in, in Seville. People are going mad at the club, you know, for not being able to say, all oh, right, right, we need to be proactive and go and make sure that there's, you know, make them realise. I'm pretty sure the authorities do realise there's going to be hundreds of thousands of fans travelling there. But, again, if it's a case of the, the police authorities, now, you know Spanish authority, you know, the Spanish police are rather heavy-handed and don't like large gatherings of, of football crowds. So... Are they going to really want this to happen? Probably not. But 
Yes, they need to mitigate the fact that people will travel yeah, regardless. Yeah, it's a reality. It is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it is. So you can't have a go at the club for that. I think people, yes, everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to, to have fun and, and go there. But I think there needs to be a wee bit of reality set in as well that most of these things are out of the club's control. And just because the club, granted, they should be telling us that they're speaking to people, but just because they aren't saying that doesn't mean they're not speaking to the relevant authorities to make them aware this is going to happen regardless if you give permission or not. So, Communication is key here, yes, Derek. Exactly. Right? It is key. And a simple one or one-line tweet to the supporters to say, we realise there's a massive demand for fans to be able to watch the game somewhere in Scotland, you know, and as, as a large event. We are working on it you know, we will, you know, there'll be an update soon. You know, something simple like that would let everybody know, or oh, well, they do know that there's a demand here for it and they are going to try and do, do, do something. And then if it didn't work out, we would at least know that they did, you know, but there has been nothing from, from the club at all to say, you know, we are desperate for, for, for this to happen. There's been absolutely nothing. So I think that's been the, the disappointing part. Fingers crossed something does get sort, sorted out to, to give us poor souls here that can't get to, to Seville to watch it because I don't fancy going to a pub t- to watch it, Derek, because there will be arseholes there cheering on it in track Frankfurt. I don't want that. I, I want to be in amongst my own supporters watching the game on a big scale. That's that's what I want. We'll just have to wait and see. F- fingers crossed they get something sorted. And likewise for the people in Seville, there's a lot of talk that they are opening up the stadium that Celtic were in for other Rangers <laughs> fans to go and watch it. That's a fantastic idea. It keeps everybody all in the one area. You know, huge st- stadium, it gets it there. The, the, the atmosphere in there would be absolutely fantastic as well. Fingers crossed that that all gets sorted as well, Derek. I'd like to think that they have they have learned from mistakes in the past when it comes to fan zones and stuff that there will be something so- sorted here. I do re- re- realise that the club are under huge pressure the fans liaison officer under huge pressure. I totally get that. I just think the communication part, Derek, has been pretty woeful, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you. Nothing new there with Rangers, is it? However, one thing you've got to say, I mean, what, what I want to finish off with is the fallout from us getting to the final. It's been hilarious, Dave. It, it deserves a, a whole pod on Kerry Field alone. because It does. Because Celtic fans have been falling over themselves trying to basically downput what our achievements are this season oh it's just a B trophy anyway it's you've actually played nobody it's been the worst Dortmund team in years Dave they can say that all they want the people who know know that's utter bullshit I mean it's I mean Celtic I, I don't understand I mean even Postecoglou I mean dare I say it Dave I think he's actually pretty a decent guy he's just got in with the wrong crowd <laughs> but but even he said it's a, a fantastic achievement. So it's like, it's it's incredible that the way that Celtic fans are trying to downplay what we've of, actually of, done. Of course they are, Derek. It's it's it, it's to be it's to be expected. I am trying not to get drawn into this whole one-upsmanship against them. I want this to be our mm-hmm. glory moments more, or oh, Derek the. It's like I say, it's consuming me at the moment. It's all I'm thinking about, and that's 
and, and, and the reality of things, it's, it's, it's incredible. And every other Rangers fan out there will be the same. We're less than a week away, and all we can think about is this game coming up, where we're going to watch it, how we're going to get to watch it. Then when the actual game comes itself, it'll be a bit of a su- su- surreal moment. The thing for me, Derek, that has really got me, and I say I'm, I'm trying not to get drawn into anything to do with them, but Seville is now ours. Yeah. Seville <laughs> is now property of Rangers football, regardless what happens. Seville was their thing, right? Seville was the Celtic fans' thing. They made a fucking musical and stage show about it. They've had to change the name. <laughs> They've had to change the name. It would have their sweets at Parkhead, which is incredible. We have taken that from them. They can no longer associate themselves with Seville. It is hilarious. Do you know what I find even more hilarious? I mean, they've got the, the they had the Seville suite, they had the Seville wall for their, their brick wall. They're celebrating a game that they lost. <laughs> Is that oh, can you get any more tin pot than that? But oh my uh, god! But as, as you said, it is now ours. So it is. We we now own Seville, <laughs> and that again for them is a huge slap in the face because you speak to some Celtic supporters, they all have their stories about Seville. They can't talk about it anymore. No. And can you imagine it's, if we win this? As I say, I'm trying not to get carried away, but even that part for me, Derek, is a huge, you know, that's huge. That is huge. And the tweet that was put out the other day from... Border Police. Border Police. Rubbing salt into the wounds of all (laughs) those Celtic fans by saying this will be the the largest travelling support of all time or whatever. (laughs) That really has got them. It has ruined them. Actually, I would say, I think that Celtic fans would say to themselves, right, we can handle them, get to the final. If it was in any other city in the world, (laughs) the fact it's in Seville and we've claimed it is quite incredible, Derek. And the stories that we will have and fans will have from this, regardless what happens, will go on for years and years and will eclipse everything that they've heard from from them. It's it's fantastic. I I saw a, a tremendous reply, and it was actually a a, a personal uh, reply that I've got. I'm in a, a chat, a, a, a WhatsApp chat group with uh, a few of my friends, and one of them's a Celtic fan, and he tried to be to to put a wee uh, bit, bit, bit in there, playing it down, saying Seville been there, done that, got the T-shirt. To the reply he got from one of my other friends was, do you still have any pesetas left from your trip when you were there? Which I thought was... <laughs> you know, that that's the reply for me. I, I didn't get involved in it, oh. but I thought, you know, that is, uh, that is you know, a reply and a half. And that is true because, you know, it's, it is so... We have claimed Seville from Celtic. Did you ever think that would happen, no, Derek? Amazing. <laughs> so... So on that great note, as as we said, this will be our last podcast this season. We will be back next season, obviously. I'll, you know, Dave and I, well, certainly myself, I'll be away for that final and the the Scottish Cup final, and then I'm promptly back to work a couple of days later after I come back. So 
I'll, I'll try. We'll maybe try and get a podcast out, depending on what happens. Um, you might get some sort of drunken, unedited thing that comes out if if we do actually win this um, this this thing. But we will certainly be back next season. We'll need to do something with the format and try and make it make the podcast shorter because I simply can't do the work anymore. Uh, too much family life going on and uh, you know work as well. I just I can't do the the thing and it's it's. It's making my blood pressure rise all the time, so we will be back. Um, Dave, any last words? Rangers, just please do it. <laughs> yes. Rangers, please, please do it. This would be a crowning achievement. This would be a chance for us to have immortality, for players in this club to have immortality. We can't stress it enough. We as a fan base... For what we've been through in the last 10 years or so, we've been to hell and back, Derek. And for this, if this comes to fruition, this will just eclipse everything. Absolutely everything. So please, Rangers, by hook or by crook, please just win this. Please. (laughs) On that note, thanks for listening and goodbye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen...